Good morning, everyone. Well, you've made it to the end of a six-week series on community development, relief, recovery, things that we learned in Japan in a post-disaster situation applied to our current situation of COVID-19. This has been more of a training series in many ways than a sermon series, uh, not so much in the way of exegetical or expository sermons, but I hope the things that we've talked about have been helpful. Um, it's been a six-week introduction, really, to a process that uh, when we actually go through the steps takes longer, it's more involved. But I hope it gives you some insight to what the process looks like, and I hope that you can use it. Um, I hope we use it here in Calgary, and I hope uh, if you're not here with us in Calgary that you'll use it. This is the last week, and what I want to do today is um, actually go back and use some live examples and kind of walk you through the process, and then we'll get to the last step here, which is um, to connect the present with the future. So to turn uh, vision into mission, into goals, into tasks. And there's not a, an immediate kind of biblical mandate that comes to mind, not one passage anyway. Except that when we think about the grand stories of Scripture, um, the Israelites acted according to the vision of the promised land. Jesus had the vision of the kingdom in mind when he did his ministry. Uh, so all of his ministry was really him connecting his present reality step by step with the kingdom. Paul followed in Jesus' steps, um, but he acted out his eschatology, right? His vision for what the end times would be. And so there are some who think that what Paul was doing in Romans was really acting out the vision that he saw in the book of Isaiah. Uh, if you're interested in that, take a look at Romans chapter 15 um, and then do a word search for the nations in Isaiah. Paul was acting out his vision in a step-by-step -step way. So that's what I want to suggest that we do here now. Uh, we've talked about... <clears throat> where we are in terms of the resources that we have, in terms of the needs that we see around us. We've talked about uh, where God might be taking us. Um, the next step is to go step-by-step step from here to there. So that's the process that I want to lead us through. Some of the examples and the processes that I'm going to introduce and talk about um, come as second nature to some of you. They'll, these are very simple examples that I'm going to use. Nothing terribly profound or earth shattering, but we need something concrete to kind of fasten our minds on so that we can learn a process. The rest of the presentation this morning is going to be a slideshow. Uh, and then I'll see you again at the end for a few minutes. So we started by assessing our resources and then doing some triage to uncover what maybe some of the most critical needs are right now. That gives us a clear picture or a clearer picture of the present. Then we spend some time sitting with God, praying, listening, asking God what his will is in this situation, what his vision is for a future. The problem is there's a gap. So one of the last steps in kind of this planning process is laying out the steps that get us from here to there.
These need to be specific, actionable tasks. We can work from the present to the future, or we can work from the future to the present. I'm going to do a bit of both in this presentation. After we kind of have sat down, we brainstormed, we prayed, we listened to God, we're going to come up with some ideas. We need to translate those ideas into a vision. Then we need to translate the vision into a mission, a mission into goals, and goals into tasks. So we began by adding something to our devotional routines to keep us sane and grounded in God's love, the practice of examen, of gratitude and lament daily. Then we work through the asset mapping process. Now these are a distillation of several conversations with the leadership here in Calgary. We've just done a tentative kind of a gloss of this process for the sake of example. So what's our story? We're a 114 year old congregation. We're a combination of commuter and a neighborhood church. We're demographically diverse in almost every way imaginable. And we're increasingly involved with benevolence and social justice. What do we value? Loving like Jesus, being his body in the world, seeing his will done on earth as it is in heaven. At least those are some of the things that we value. I know this is, again, not a comprehensive or conclusive list. What groups are we connected with? Well, we have connections now with those experiencing homelessness. We have connections with organizations like the Mustard Seed, with the City of Calgary through their social workers, and with Seven Seas, which is a local association of Stone, Stone Campbell churches. That's at the congregational, that's kind of the institutional level. If we broke this down by all of the connections that we had through our membership, this would be a vast list, but this is a good place to start. What can we do? Again, this is a distillation from a much longer list. What can we do? We can do grocery delivery. We could offer lay mental health support. We can do resource networking, which means um, we may know of or have access to resources that our neighbors may not know about or may not have access to. We can help connect them. We provide community. The church is an instant family for folks. It can be a home, even if we don't have a building to meet in right now. We can provide things like basic temporary property maintenance. We can listen. And possibly we might even be able to provide uh, access to some professional services, legal, financial, mental health, or advocacy. What can we share? We can share our faith that God loves us, that the spirit is with us in this, that things will ultimately work out according to God's will. That's the kingdom that Jesus saves us and invites us into the way of the cross. We can share our values that good is better than bad. The value of community, the value of the wisdom of scripture. We can share our knowledge about resources. That's what I mentioned a moment ago, passing on the knowledge that we have about the resources that exist in our community. Then we do some needs assessment. We're going to meet suffering along with Jesus. So we work through the quadrant of needs. And for each of these, I'm going to ask two questions, really. Kind of what's the worst case scenario? And then the second question is who? Who's at higher risk in each of these quadrants? So physical. What would the worst outcomes be? Worst case scenario? Well, death. If you catch COVID and it kills you, that's the fear that is motivating the governments of the world to shut things down right now. The spread of the disease to the vulnerable, food scarcity through financial loss, that's a physical need, lack of medical access because of a stressed system. Who's at the highest risk or higher risk? The elderly, the unemployed or underemployed, the homeless and incarcerated populations, those in long-term care facilities. Financial risk, what's the worst possible outcome? Well, financial collapse, right? Bankruptcy, um, ultimately the inability to pay for basic necessities such as food or shelter, that would be worst case scenario. 
Who's at higher risk? Okay, this is my thinking, so may not be exactly right, but I would think uh, new Canadians and immigrants whose status in Canada might be compromised by unemployment, part-time and temporary workers, cash workers, day laborers, single parent families, those on fixed incomes. What about mental? Worst outcomes, depression, despair, self-harm, ultimately suicide, but also violence, increased criminal or unethical behavior, increased addictive behaviors. I suspect if we look around, we'll see all of those in a highly stressed situation. We saw all of those in Japan. Who's at higher risk? Well, the lonely and the stressed. For example, folks who are isolated, shut-ins, and those who are experiencing job loss while trying to school young children at home. Single-parent families, those with pre-existing mental health conditions, would also be at high risk. Social needs. Worst outcomes, enmity, violence, hyper-partisan spirit, racism and scapegoating, discord, inability to cooperate, collaborate, sense of betrayal and abandonment. Take a minute to chew on some of those. You may have more that you'd like to add to the list or you may disagree with some. That's okay. Who's at higher risk? Those of East Asian descent right now are experiencing a, a higher rate of racism being acted out. Those in just about every leadership position, but particularly government leaders, leaders of businesses or other organizations that are having to make tough decisions, they're getting a lot of rocks thrown at them, and, and they may be making some bad decisions. In any case, there's going to be some discord, there's some tension, societal tension between the general populace and our leaders. Some of the health professionals, basically anyone responsible for applying restrictions for the sake of public health, and then anyone who's isolated is experiencing a sense of maybe betrayal or abandonment. Then we look at that through the filter of tangible or intangible starting points. A tangible option would be food scarcity or lack of access to basic services. Among the homeless, the underemployed, the working poor, and the elderly, an intangible option would be mental and social challenges due to isolation. Then we look at, again, through another filter of gaps and overlaps. Who is already addressing this need? We either partner with them or we do something else or we do it somewhere else. We don't compete. That's the main thing. You don't step into an arena where somebody's already acting and try to do what they're doing better than them. Either get out of that space or partner with them. So some potential overlaps. The mustard seed here in Calgary uh, is doing a lot of this work already. They're a Christian organization. We are partnering with them. The city of Calgary, the city of Chester where I live, University of Calgary and the like, who have initiated services like voluntary grocery pickup and delivery. Gaps, I think the elderly shut-ins in our neighborhoods, those with limited internet access, any stressed families, single parent, new Canadians, etc., who are scrambling just to meet basic needs and may not have time to investigate what resources are out there. Those are folks that may need someone to come alongside them and offer some help. So we can partner with those that we overlap with. We can also focus on areas that might be overlooked. So we take the resources and the needs and then we sit down with God and we brainstorm, right? So this is kind of holy imagination, faithfully creative. So here's an idea. We condense our serve day activities into a flyer or a postcard. So all the different kinds of things we offered at serve day, which is a one day thing, we condense that into one paper um, and then we spread out the services over time. Like we don't do it all in a day. We do it in response to people's needs. We look for those who are shut in or isolated in our neighborhoods. 
We could focus on Marlboro, or we could scale and adapt this to members' neighborhoods. So a couple weeks ago, I got a call from a woman who I'm going to call Janet. She's a friend of ours from our Wednesday lunches, who I guess I had given her one of my business cards. And uh, she just called me to tell me that she'd found a place of her own to live in, but that she's terribly lonely. But she was just reaching out. She doesn't have internet access. Uh, she has a phone. She might have a television. She's afraid to go out and go anywhere. She's afraid that her family might find her because there's some violence there. But she happened to have my card so she could call me. So let me leverage that to translate the idea into a vision. What if we could get a postcard into the hands of the Janets? With this postcard in hand, then Janet knows she has a lifeline. She has access to a group of friends who can help out with grocery pickup, some one-time boosts like lawn care or cleaning. She knows she has someone to call when she's lonely, scared, or depressed. So Janet moves from loneliness, isolation, and stress to community, cooperation, and hope because of the love of Jesus acted out through his body, the church. That's a vision. Now, that's not a goal. That's not a mission yet. It's not actionable. It's a picture painted through a time of prayer spent with God, considering the resources that we have at hand and the needs that I know about. So to translate that into a goal, we need to find the Janets in our community and get this info into their hands so we can provide them with short-term relief and long-term community. That's now a goal. Which brings us back to the question of a path. How do we get from here to there? We've got a goal now. So we have to translate the ideas to vision. We did that vision into a mission, mission into goals, and then goals into tasks. I'm not going to talk about these tools. You can look them up, but I would recommend utilizing tools like Gantt charts, PERT, or CPM charts. These are tools from the organizational management world that are very helpful. And then we need to make tasks SMART. Uh, SMART stands for specific, measurable, attainable, either relevant or realistic or both, and then time-bound. It's just a filter that you can work tasks through to make sure that they have a much higher chance of one, being actionable, and two, getting done. So our goal, let's say, is to get a flyer into the hands of the Janets in our community in order to provide them with short-term relief and long-term community the love of Jesus. So let's work backwards from that goal. Well, we have to pass the cards door to door around Marlboro and in members' neighborhoods uh, or to people as we meet them. Well, in order to pass the cards, those cards need to be in our members' hands. In order for the cards to be in our members' hands, we need to print the cards and distribute them. In order to print the cards, we need to have cards, which means we need design. We don't have that yet. In order to design the cards, we need to finalize the content that's going to be incorporated into the design in order to finalize content. First, we need to brainstorm the content. That's going to be based on going back to our resources and the, our needs, what we can do and what needs we can provide for, and also what kind of information we want to include so that people can contact us or know who we are. Again, bits of our story, bits of our values, and then information like how they can contact us. We want to brainstorm all of that. Then we just take these tasks and put them in a sequence that makes sense. So first we're going to brainstorm the content, finalize it, design the cards, print the cards, distribute those to members, and then the members can pass them out. Now, there's a couple other things that need to happen with this. Right? For each task, again, this is the SMART. Clarify the what, 
needs to be specific, measurable, attainable, and relevant. Decide a clear when. And then every task needs a who. One person that's responsible for that task. They can lead a team or a committee, but they need one responsible party for a task. Then we might go back and look at some other pieces like how we organize to respond. When people call in or when people email us or reach out to us, do we have a response team? What's our workflow for that? Do we have a group of people who are on call? Do we break it up by geography or by skill set? Those are some questions we could ask to create another line of tasks that help us reach our goal, which helps us fulfill our mission or vision. Finally, uh, with this whole process, it's not one and done. It's, we don't we don't do it and then we're finished. It's a it's a rolling cycle. So there's some last steps here. We got a plan in place. Now we need to act. Actually do it right. Then we need to come back together and reflect on what worked, what didn't work, where God might be nudging us, what revisions we need to make. And then we repeat the process, both the minor process, the sub processes and the whole thing again and again and again. And this is how one organization like ours impacts the world around us. Thank you so much for your time and attention. I hope you have enjoyed this process. I hope you have benefited from it. And I hope that you'll take what we've shared here, that you'll share it with your friends or your church family or others who might benefit from it as well. If you have questions, uh, reach out. Let me know. I'd love to, to talk more in depth about this with any of you. Thanks and God bless.